My name's Carson. My name's Caitlin. I'm Caden. And I'm Seth. And we're going to be talking about circumpolar religion. So we're going to start off with me. I'm talking about the Chukchi religion. Shamanism is a very important part of the Chukchi religion. And it means that animals, plants, heavenly bodies, rivers, forests, and other natural phenomena are considered to have their own spirits. So in order to try to please those spirits, they try to give back to nature as much as they take in order to make sure they're not disrespecting these spirits. Uh, during rituals, Chukchi people would sometimes fall into trances, sometimes using hallucinogenic mushrooms in order to communicate with the spirits of nature. Hell yeah. <laughs> and some, uh, they, they also have some stories. Uh, about like creation and the creation of the sun and the moon and the earth and stuff like that. Uh, and then I'm also gonna be talking about the Venki. Uh, they view the universe as having three separate worlds, the upper, the middle, and the lower worlds. The upper world is for beneficent spirit. It's sort of comparable to heaven. The middle world is earth and the lower world is for deceased and on an even lower level evil spirits. And they believe when people die, they still live on earth. They, their spirits live on to protect the, the people from hostile spirits. They also believe in shamanism. And then lastly, for me, the Nenets religion is like the Evanki. They believe in shamanism in the three worlds, but they also believe there's seven layers to the three worlds. And seven is a very significant number in the Nenet culture. All right, um, and speaking of shamanism, another group that practices shamanism is the Yukagir, which we have talked about the Yukagir in class before, but if you don't remember them, um, they are a group found in Arctic Siberia, and we don't have a lot of information about them, one, because there's not a lot of them left, and because they were previously encompassed within the Soviet Union, so there wasn't a lot of access to research them at the time. But we do know about some of their rituals, especially the ones with their shamans. Um, they call these shamans almas, and after one of these almas dies, they become a deity, and their family will cut up their body parts um, to keep as relics to honor and respect, which is pretty interesting to compare to our Western views. Like, that would be considered the most disrespectful thing to cut up a dead body but for them <laughs> yeah that's how they use it to honor that person um and it shows great respect do you uh sorry i'm not trying to do you know what body parts they would keep they didn't have anything about that but that would be interesting to figure out which yeah. ones they thought were sure. most important you know yeah. I, I didn't see anything that's about that interesting yeah um and then something else interesting um, is how they view the relationship between humans and animals. The Yukagir actually think that humans and animals can change forms into one another, um, and they kind of use that while hunting, so they can they believe that they can become the animal that they are hunting. And this um, also goes into people, too. So they think that you nobody is, um, like, defined as a person. You can transform kind of for lack of a better word, into something else. So, like, kind of here in America, we can go anywhere else, but we'd be an American 
in a certain place. Mm-hmm. But they believe that if you go to Siberia and you act like a Yukagir and you do the things that the Yukagir do, you have like transformed, became the form of a Yukagir. So even I could be a Yukagir. I think so. I think if you did what they told you to do or what they normally do. <laughs> I'm I gonna think, try that. Yeah. Hey, summer vacation, maybe. Yeah, I think <laughs> you'd, you'd fit in great. I think you'd do great. Um, and then they also practice animal sacrifices with dogs, which is which is pretty sad. But um, you know, on a lighter note. Uh, uh, dear God, I hope on a lighter note, not the <laughs> doggos. Uh, yeah, from animal sacrifices to reincarnation, we're moving to Western As- Alaska, uh, where we will meet the Yupik people, who are also practice- practitioners of shamanism. Uh, they believe in reproductive cycling, which is basically reincarnation. All living beings are reborn in succeeding generations, both animal and human. Uh, obviously, shamans are their main influences in religion and have some sort of role more so societally. I don't want to say politically, because I don't know what their pol- what you pick politics look like. But societally, they actually have high standing as well. Uh, but of course, they're the main influencers in religion due to their divinatory and healing roles they have, um, being the people who uh, will basically they, they give medicine, they perform rituals, all that stuff. Uh, over the winter, uh, the Yupik actually have six major rituals uh, and also some minor ones, but six major ceremonies uh, where basically the whole point is to help animals and humans back from the spirit world into the uh, world of living um, and hope for a good harvest season with the all the uh, animals they can harvest and farm. Uh, these ceremonies are usually consist of sorts of dramatic dances and elaborate masks uh, where, you know, uh, obviously they would perform these rituals in hopes that they would uh, be able to send a spirit Send, welcome the spirits to the world of the living and make sure not to incur any previous grudges from that from the previous life however in terms of previous in terms of that previous life it is usually believed that illness and disease is spread by a malevolent spirit who has been wronged by the person who is now ill and they're usually uh given medicine whether that's through ritual or through herbal medication by a shaman to cure them of this illness and to make sure that they do not incur the wrath of said spirit or any more spirits so is it kind of like the embodiment of like karma i guess like in a way yeah uh more so like again you know you you or it could be yeah you disrespect somebody in their previous life or as after they have since passed to uh you know, to make their spirit feel the need to harm you in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these medications and rituals are used to hopefully not, in, you know, keep keep that person healthy and safe and to ask for forgiveness and accept forgiveness from that spirit. Interesting. Sadly, however, over the years and over the centuries, as more and more people have be- began colonizing North America, We've slowly seen this Yupik religion slowly die out um, as you have different forms of Christianity, such as Russian Orthodoxy, Catholicism, and Morvianism all becoming mainstays in religious culture in the Yupik society. Um, 
So many people have transitioned over to Christianity. Uh, It's not that no one practices the classic Eucharist religion, but it's it's definitely the minority of them. and some shamans have resisted the practices, so they can, I guess, keep that religious status, but still the majority of them have formed uh, a Christian belief in their society rather than the traditional Yupik. Meanwhile, elsewhere in North America... Yeah, uh, I'm here to speak about the Unanga and the Inuit. Uh, so, like, speaking about... Uh, the uh, indigenous people getting assimilated to create another religion like Christianity or Russian Orthodoxy. That's where I ran into my problem. I ran into that problem when I was studying uh, the Inuit and the Unanga because a lot of their population uh, was, uh, they, it was, uh, they it dropped down because of uh, Russian intervention and most of them uh, have transferred to Christianity or Russian Orthodoxy. Uh, but I really wanted to check out the traditional religion of the Unanga and the Inuit. Um, the only thing I could really find uh, about the Unanga was the same thing as pretty much every other indigenous group uh, around in the northern, northern uh, hemisphere is they uh, have uh, shamanistic beliefs or animistic beliefs uh, with like everything has a soul. And uh, same thing with the Inuit. Uh, I was able to get more uh, research about particular uh, rituals they did and particular uh, things they did for the souls of uh, animals. so in the uh, Eastern Inuit religions, because it was always it was different in uh, different regions. Uh, in the Eastern part, they usually only applied a soul or a inua to a animal. Uh, it was really just an animal or uh, people. Uh, in Western Inuit religions, they usually connected to uh, people, animals, implements, concepts, conditions like mountains, currents. Um, Stuff like that, uh, but the most like integral and like important as- uh, souls were the Inua of the moon, the air, and the sea. And uh, uh, they were uh, the Inuits were very, very hard—not hard, but keen on paying respect to the animals that they killed. Um, whenever they would hunt a whale or a seal. When they took, when they breached it out of the water, like when they took it out of the ocean, they would give it a sp- like fresh water to drink, so it could have like giving thanks for you know letting them hunt it and letting them uh, be able to feed off of it. Um, and then with polar bears, they would, which it sounds really, really like bad, but. Uh, to pay the respects to the polar bear is they after they killed it they would uh, spike its head near the house of one of the Inuits that killed it usually, um, and they would face it towards where the polar bears usually were so that the polar bear could go its soul could go back to where the polar bears were and find its way home and be born into another polar bear. And what I thought was interesting was that they covered the polar bear's eyes and nose so that it wouldn't have to smell or see any humans, which I kind of think is really cool because they understand that these polar bears are probably 
not I mean scared of them and you know they have to they have to sacrifice their life for the Inuits to live and I think the Inuits respected that uh, a whole lot sounds kind of similar to the shamanism where they're trying to respect nature and make sure it doesn't get angrier yeah or something like that and I, I kind of liked how they uh, applied that like soul to uh, like not just animals but to like the forest mm-hmm. or uh, the mountains and stuff and we kind of saw that in one of the videos I don't think it was exactly Inuit I think it was uh, in Siberia yeah, yeah. but um, they that the la- the lady was talking about the forest having a soul yeah and yeah. they have to respect it and stuff like that uh, I think uh, I think we all learned that like a lot of the religions there's differences but everywhere around there's similarities of like we're all they're pretty much almost all shamanistic right and Uh, if you not to interrupt you but if you were to kind of because you kind of couldn't find a lot of stuff about inuit religion before they were influenced by other cultures it'd kind of be interesting to think about you could probably look at some of the groups that we looked at in siberia and stuff and there'd probably be a lot of similarities to their old religion and the inuit's old religion because they they all kind of came from the same area area. Uh, thank you guys for listening to our podcast Uh, this is awesome love researching everything about the religions Uh, thank you thank you thanks thank you